Well, the Assemblies of God every year, they, they present a, a theme for missions, and uh, the theme this year, and the theme that we, that we usually uh, go join with, and that is just this, Christ among us. How many of you are glad that Christ is among us? And, um, and it's a desire of God for that Christ is among everybody, that is among every group, every nation, every tribe, every language, amen? That's a desire and the heartbeat of the Lord. There is, uh, along with that, the key scripture is found in, in 2 Corinthians 2.15 for the theme for this year. And uh, 2 Corinthians 2.15 says this, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. We are to God the, please, the pleasing aroma of Christ. How many of you have ever found a plate where there's a, there is an aroma, there's a smell, and it brings you back to a specific time or something, you know, or, uh, you know, something that you just love? I, 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 how many of you know what it's like when you walk into grandma's house? Right and and or you're going home and and man you you, you know what mama's cooking <laughs> yeah, that roast is going or or man the aroma of of biscuits and gravy come on can I get an amen I mean you know right there biscuits and gravy there we go and uh, that that how many you know it's a sweet aroma <laughs> and so you want it how many y'all with me on that now now I know some of you you know maybe that's off your diet but you know God bless you but that's okay. But we are a sweet aroma to Christ, of, to God, the sweet aroma of Christ. And, and, and as Christians going through this world and wherever God leads us, whether it be Peru, whether it be Covington, whether it be Ripley or wherever it is that God takes us, we are to be the, the pleasing aroma of Christ in that area, right? And so that all throughout the world this is happening and the, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is happening. It's being shared. And, uh, and so we're focusing upon that during what we call missions convention, right? Missions convention. And somebody might ask, missions convention, what is, what's that? Missions, what's missions? We understand convention, but what is missions? Uh, some would ask, and that's, a, that's an important question and one that needs to be answered and that I will deal with this morning. You know, it's understandable for people that are new to the Christian faith to be unaware of the ministry of missions. But it's surprising how many established church people do not have that basic knowledge. As a Christian coming to Christ, I quickly learned that I was a part of a God called mission. That it was more than just being a part of a family of believers who were on their way to heaven that I understood there was something that I was joining here that God wanted me to do, that along with the privileges and the joys, that there was responsibility along with that. Amen? That we were involved, as the body of Christ, we were involved on a mission and in a mission. And this morning, I, I want to talk about that and reintroduce a few key words and phrases that are central to who we are as a people of God. And each one of these gives us a little bit of different uh, perspective or piece of the divine call that each of us share as Christians, right? And one of those phrases that everybody should find familiar or should be familiar with if you've been a Christian for any time, and that is the phrase, the Great Commission. Say that, the Great Commission. And so 
this is, this is a, a word, the Great Commission is this. It's the great mission that we've been instructed to carry out, all right? It's the great mission of God. After Jesus had finished his work at Calvary and finished his work on the cross, we know that he was put into the, into the tomb, and, and, but on the third day, he rose again, right? And he began to show himself to a group of over 500 different people. And it was after Jesus' resurrection that it's, he says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he says, therefore, and, and you just mentioned it this morning, he mentions this passage, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. This is what is known as the Great Commission. It's, as somebody pointed out, it's not the Great Suggestion. It's the Great Commission. It's a command. It's an assignment that's been handed down to us by God, right? Read a Barna uh, reading recently where a Barna research study that was done just a few years ago, 2018, uh, that it, it revealed in that, in that study that 50, 51% of Christians in North America, 51% don't recognize or know of the Great Commission. And you wonder, how is that even possible? And sometimes you see in the, the state of the church and in North America and some of the coldness and <clears throat> part of it could be because we've been so separated from what we're all about. <coughs> separated from the mission. Amen? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <coughs> Hang in there. Just pray for one another. <laughs> <coughs> pray for your pastor. <laughs> How many understand that there, that there are more commandments than just ten? <clears throat> that there's God has other things for us to do. That in addition to the Ten Commandments is, is the Great Commission. Right? John 14, 15 says, Jesus says what? If you love me, you will obey my commandments. You will keep my commandments if you love me. And one of the commandments, in addition to the ten, one of the commandments is the Great Commission. To go and make disciples of all nations. And so to be the people of God who really love the Lord, we're going to be involved in this, right? We will help spread the gospel to the nations and help train new Christians to become mature disciples who obey the commands of the Lord and help others to do, uh, to do what's been done for them, right? We want to pass it on. You and I are to help evangelize our communities and help uh, people come to Christ, become mature followers of Christ. So the Great Commission defines the, the overall mission of the church, right? And so, so that's what it's about, and all of us are part of that. Now, now, narrowing that down in a sense, part of the Great Commission, a huge part of the Great Commission is missions. Missions. That's mission. I'm talking about mission with an S, all right? About missions. 
So we have the Great Commission, the Great Mission, if you want to say, and connected with that, a part of that, a, a crucial part of that, a large part of that is this thing we call missions. That's what we're having, missions convention. Missions is this, and it's too long, so I'm going to read it. It's too long for me to memorize, but missions is this. It's used to refer to the work of the church in reaching across cultural, religious, ethnic, and geographic barriers to advance the work of making disciples of all nations. The task of proclaiming the gospel to every people group that has not yet heard in order to establish churches. Churches that will carry on mission by reaching their culture, teaching others, and sending out missionaries, right? And so that's what missions is all about. Evangelism. The difference between evangelism and missions is essentially this. Evangelism was particularly reaching people who are just like you. Reaching maybe that neighbor across the street, people in your family, people who look act and have the same cultural uh, background that you do. Missions is, is usually crossing some sort of boundary, some geographic boundary, some cultural boundary, some religious boundary. And there's an extra step in walking into that and getting the gospel to every nation. And every nation doesn't just mean, not talking about just nations with the boundaries of nations like we see in our world, but people groups within the nations. Amen? God cares about everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, God cares about you. Right? So we're talking about missions. Uh, missions as going across those barriers and, and, and launching out. I am so thankful for Acts 13.2. Do you know what 13.2 is? They were, they were gathered around and they were, worship, they, were a, they were in a service, maybe somewhat like this. But they were, they were worshiping and they were fasting and they were praying. And in the middle of that time together, as the Holy Spirit showed up, the Holy Spirit said to that group that was gathered there, seeking the Lord, it says, separate unto me Barnabas and Paul for the work to which I've called them. Hallelujah. Why is that so great? It's great because Paul's the one... Barnabas partially and Paul primarily began to spread the gospel and began to bring it to Rome was a central point of the world where things were traveling through Rome, into Rome, outside of Rome and included in that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, somewhere down the road, the gospel came to your ancestors and to my ancestors and thereby we are here today, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, way because as they were fasting, praying together the Holy Spirit said separate unto me Barnabas and Paul amen the Holy Spirit's still calling people just like Barnabas and just like Paul he's calling Brian's and Michelle's he's calling others he says separate them he's saying to the church will you let go of them and release them to me. Will you support them? Will you back them? Will you pray for them? Will you help them? Will you, will you fund them? Right? Will you resource them to do what I'm calling them to do? And you and I have the privilege to return the favor that was done to us by helping families like this to bring the gospel to somebody who hasn't ever heard. And there's so many no telling how many millions and millions. I don't know. could be billion. The world is growing so rapidly that don't know Jesus Christ. 
How many of you are glad for Acts 3, 2, 13, 2? Right? I'm glad that God called the infant church to go. That he didn't call them to stay. That he called them to go. Right? How many of you know the blessing is in the go? God says, go. Go and make disciples. Right? He called them to go. He called them, he called them to go beyond their city. He called them to go beyond Jerusalem. Now, of course, our, our first concern, our, our primary concern is that our own family is saved. It's wonderful to see that when the gospel is brought forth, we read through the book of Acts, that it says, and so-and-so was saved and their whole family, right? The, the, the Philippian jailer was saved and his whole household. Cornelius was saved and all those with him, his household and servants and those that were with him. The gospel came. Of course, that's our first concern. But I'm glad that God called them beyond the city, beyond Jerusalem, that he called them to Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm glad that God called them beyond their comfort. And you referenced that again, Brian, this morning about being comfortable. You know, when you're like, I just want to rest. I just want to sit down and eat my bacon and eggs and biscuits and gravy. And, you know, you know go on, kids, go do something, you know. But whatever. But I mean, you know, God calls us and he calls us beyond our comforts and to be inconvenienced. And to go out and to begin. To, I'm glad that they walk beyond their comfort zone. I'm glad that when the first town that Paul went to where they stoned him and where they gave him such a hard time and beat him and, and rejected him, I'm glad that he didn't say, you know what, I'm done. I, I, I got my scars. Jesus, I got my scars. I'm done. How have you got your scars for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Show me your scars. I mean, Paul, if he would have stopped right there after town one, he would have done more than most of us have ever suffered or ever done. Right? He goes, stop. Thank God he didn't stop. And I love it. He'd go through and he'd preach one town to another, one after another. They'd leave him for dead. He'd get up and go and just keep going. And, and lo and behold, if he doesn't come back through the same towns, <laughs> hey, it's just me again, you know. That's Paul. That's the power of God. I'm glad that he called them beyond their comfort. That there were people that were willing to go and to sacrifice and to give and to Make whatever adjustments in their life. I'm glad for that, aren't you? I'm glad that God called them beyond their confession. They didn't just go around, you know, and among their friends and, and uh, you know, when it was convenient in church and say, yeah, I'm, yeah, I thank God for what Jesus did for me and testify, God is good all the time. God is good. And then walk out the doors and, and nothing. <laughs> we don't say anything anymore. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad it went beyond just a confession. It was a confession that went beyond the walls and it went wherever they, wherever God led them. And they began to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and began to tell, because of that, I have what I have today and you have what you have today. I'm glad that God called them beyond their capabilities because you and I are so limited. Y'all, Brian, you're going to have to rely on the Lord, Michelle. You have to rely on God. Unless God comes through, I understand. You're taking on things. There's no way you can do it. Church, let me tell you, there's things, unless God breaks through, there's some things we can't do. We just need God to break through. Lord, help us. Show us. And the miraculous things that God Folks, we serve a huge God. And he wants to do some massive things. Amen? Lord, show us. Come on, have you all pray with me. Lord, show us what you're wanting us to do. Lord, it's a new day, it's a new hour. 
It's post-COVID. America needs a rebirth. America needs a fresh start from the roots that it was first founded. And they were Christian roots, by the way. And we need to return with all our heart and with all our soul. And God, re- let America be reborn. You see, do you see, the, you, you see how lost we are? People don't even understand what's happening with Israel. All the people that are, that are in the major cities of America today, they don't understand what's going on. They can't even tell the difference between what's good and what's evil. And there's so much distrust. We need God. We need biblical literacy. You need to understand that God made a promise to Abraham, who's the father of Israel, and those promises will never be done away with. God keeps his word. He's going to keep his word. You realize what, how important it is? You realize how Israel is? Isn't it interesting today? You, you know, there's another horrible war going on. The nations are called Russia and the Ukraine. But you don't see people gathering at universities crying out about things related to that war, do you? People are being killed, innocent civilians, right? Why is Israel, the war with Israel and Hamas, why is it so different? Israel is the people of God. And our nation does not understand its role. That doesn't give them, that wouldn't give them, or just like us, the right to do anything that we want to, however we want to. That's not what I'm saying. But there's some reason why all of a sudden the enemy's using this to attack Israel, to attack God's people and twisting things and twisting the truth. I'm saying to you, this that's just one of the signs, one of the evidences of how far we've fallen. We've fallen so far away from our roots, from biblical roots, we don't understand good from evil. We don't understand God's plan in the whole scheme of things. Listen, God cares about the entire world, and I want to say God even God cares about the Palestinians. And if the people, if there were some people in Hamas who haven't crossed the line, you know, and they would repent, let me tell you, God cares about them as well. I mean, God loved Hitler. And we need to pray. Folks, do you realize what else is going on here? If, if, if all the nations, if we would turn to God and we would all walk together under the lordship of Jesus Christ, do you know none of those wars would be going on? If there would be a true, genuine respect and love for one another and value for one another, none of those things would be going on, right? Did you know you wouldn't have to lock your, your doors at night if we were living in the ways of God, right? You wouldn't have to do that. You wouldn't have to worry about driving in, per, in, in, in certain cities or a certain time of night. It wouldn't matter because you'd be living in the ways of God. And so, listen, be very careful because the enemy will try to take what's happening in our world and happening politically, and he's going to try to twist it, and he'll try to twist it even to, to try to rob you of your faith and try to cause you to be shaken in your faith. Don't you do it. Amen? So missions. I'm glad that God called the church, the, the infant church beyond the city, beyond their comfort, beyond their confession, beyond their capabilities. 
And I want you to know, church, listen, Jesus said to the disciples and to his followers, which includes us, he says, as the Father sent me, so send I you. The Father sent Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And folks, God is sending us in this last day, in this last hour, he's sending us with that same power. And we just need to begin. Listen, we just need to get in line and in step with God and with each other so that we can cooperate with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit and begin to see God's plan accomplished. Amen? One of the great miracles, listen, this is what I pray, that we'll begin to see happening to a greater degree. And that is that we as a church body, there's great unity. There's great love in this church. You can feel it. People know it. They talk about it. How many of you glad for it? Come on, give God a hand for your neighbor. And Amen. It needs to increase. And we need God to bind us together with him. And when we, when we all bind together with him, we'll bind together with each other. Oh, God, move in us. I, because otherwise, what can happen literally to us is, as a church family can be like what I found here this morning. I usually get here really, really early on Sunday. Sometimes when I see that the weather has shifted, um, I'll go ahead and I'll hit the air or the, the heat or whatever is needed. And uh, as, I, as I walked in this morning and, and, uh, and looked at the two main units here in the sanctuary, <laughs> I, I, literally, I, I literally thought this. I thought I, I turned one on and it was on, it was on AC and, and, um, and I thought, you know, it was a little bit chilly this morning. And um, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the heat on. I thought, you know, how ridiculous it would be. Uh, so I need to hit the other one too because how ridiculous it would be to have the heat on of this one and the AC on the other one. Lo and behold, <laughs> the AC was on on this side. And when I walked over to the other one to change it, the heat was on on it. So I don't know how long they've been fighting each other. That's why we don't marry unbelievers. Because you're always fighting each other. Once one is adjusting to this, another's adjusting to that. And that's why sometimes as a church we don't see, or as a family even, we don't see everything accomplished that God wants to do because one's adjusting to this and one's adjusting to that. But on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place with one mind. In other words, they had one setting. They all had the thermostat set on the same thing. And when they did it, it made room for the power of God to come. It happened in prayer. And it happened in a place as they were praying and they were sitting. And God, through prayer, was unifying them and bringing them into one step. Church, can I tell you, that's among all the things. Listen, the money will flow. The prayers will flow. 
if we will just come together under God and be in step with God and united with God, God will begin to move upon our hearts, right? And there will be unity. And that's what's got to happen today. But listen, there's always going to be a wrestling. For one, every one of us, we've got, we've got to set the thermostat in ourselves. I'm responsible for Ed Hawkins. Setting my temperature, my thermostat, right? And every day there is a thermostat that the flesh wants to set and there's a thermostat that the Spirit wants to step. And God help me today to walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. And as I come together and you come together and you say, you know what, I, I too, I'm going to adjust myself, I'm going to adjust my temperature to the Spirit and not to the flesh. And Jeff says, I'm going to adjust my, myself to the Spirit and not to the flesh. And Stephen says, I'm going to adjust myself to the Spirit and not to the flesh. Right? Donna says, I'm going to adjust myself to the Spirit and not to the flesh. And we go on and all of a sudden, all of a sudden begins to build and God, come on, y'all with me? God begins to move. God began, and we're all unified, and there's something happening. And guess what? We go out of here, and we're adjusted to the Lord, and God begins to move through us. And we're, we go beyond our city. We go beyond our little circle, our little place. We go beyond our comfort. We go beyond the things that we see in the natural. We go beyond the things that we can do just with our own physical hands or mental ability. And we're relying on the Lord and unified with Him. God begins to move. Oh, God, do it again. God, do it again. Come on, somebody with me. Amen. I want to see the hand of God move mightily. I, I don't want, I'm thankful for miracles that happened 20 years ago, that happened 10 years ago. I'm looking for a new testimony. God, do some, how many love the testimonies of what God's done as people get on mission? I mean, Dan Betzer, there's probably not a, a greater promoter of the ministry of missions than Dan Betzer. Our sons and daughter-in-laws both were privileged to be a part of that church, First Assembly, Fort Myers, Florida. Brother Betzer talked about someone some time ago. They, they, had, uh, they had, were able to reach in their church, and they had 2,000 people there. At 2,000 people. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. Some people say, I don't, I, don't, I don't like large churches. Well, you don't like the things that God likes. Because God likes churches to be full and flowing good. Amen. Amen. And it might, now a large church might be 100 in some places, you know. Some places you could throw an atomic bomb and not kill 100 people because it's so small. But that's, that would be a large church in some places. But anyway. They had reached. They had a thousand people to show up one Easter, one Easter Sunday, and and he said, he said, you know, I should have been celebrating. And he said, something in me said, you know what? Next Easter, I feel like the Lord telling us we need to reach five thousand people by next Easter. <laughs> so there was silence, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, and you know, somebody brought the great question. Said, well, brother Betzer, said pastor, said. Uh, you know, even if we could reach 5,000 people, we don't have any place to put them. He said, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> we can't see that many people. And he thought, he said, where can we do this? Where can we do this, you know? And, and so they called the, you know, a lot of the baseball teams. Uh, they have their, their uh, what do you call them, the spring training and their other, yeah, 
up-and-coming players, whatever, spring training down there. And so I think it was the Minnesota Twins had a facility down there, and uh, it was not far. And so Brother Bretzer got on the phone and said, hey, I, I just thought, as he said, he said, as I was calling, he said, I was praying nobody would answer. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I was calling, he said, ring, 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 ring. And he said, just get ready to hang up. And somebody answered, no, you know. Just, and he said, I just, I just thought I'd ask you, is there, would there be any way that we could rent out your stadium? I'm Pastor Betzer here at First Assembly at Fort Myers. Could we rent out your stadium? And, and um, the person on the other end said, you know, said, uh, you know what, let me call somebody. I'll get right back with you. Hung up the phone. Moments later, the phone rang. I said, you know what, Mr. Betcher? said, uh, Pastor, we'll be, we'll be glad to rent this facility to you for that Easter Sunday. And um, it said, but I got a price, and it's non-negotiable. You take it or leave it. And he said, the price is $100. He said, with that, you can have the stadium, you can have all the practice fields and everything there, you can have that, but it's going to cost you $100. <laughs> Brother Betzer says, is there any way that I could get that every Sunday? <laughs> and so they arranged a way and worked with the city and had buses able to run through and, and ended up having 7,000 people there that they were able to feed and minister to and all of that. One thing you said, well, why don't we just dream up those? Why don't we just dream up those? Let me tell you, you don't plan that. The Holy Spirit has to plant that in your heart. But we need to believe again for the Holy Spirit to begin to plant things. Brian and Michelle just didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? Let's go to Peru. <laughs> you know, let's give our lives to Peru. No, the Holy Spirit had to speak to them. And had to show them and confirm them, I need you here. And church, that's where we're at. That's the rock church. God, show us, what are you wanting to do? Because we want to carry out the great commission. And we want to be a part of not only what God wants to do here locally, but we want to be a part of missions in helping God in what he wants to do globally. Missions gets the gospel to all nations. It refuses, listen, it refuses to allow us to fo focus only on our homes and our communities. Let me read to you. Matthew 24 says this. Uh, we quote this first part pretty often, but maybe not the second part so much. Verse 12, Matthew 24. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. We've seen that, aren't we? But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. It doesn't stop there. And after, right on the heels of that, it says, the next verse says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Hallelujah. And so we see how the scriptures that say, both in Isaiah Romans, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news amen and so as part of the great commission a huge part of that is missions and so we have missions convention promoting that we're focused not only on on our county or our city but upon the world john piper had this to say when it comes to missions you're either passionately going passionately sending or you're disobeying that's just the only option 
Well, God didn't call me to Peru. Anybody else? Anybody call? God call anybody here to Peru? God call anybody here to Peru? <laughs> anybody else? Oh, we're to go where God has put that call upon us. He didn't call us Peru. But guess what he did do? He called us to help support the people who he has called to Peru. And we can do it. Amen? We can do it. Let me share one final word with you. And that's the word missional. Michelle mentioned that word this morning. The word missional. Mission with an A-L on the end of it. Missional. It means we're intentionally mission-focused. God wants us to be focused on the things that are important to Him, and that's the saving of every person. Every person. That's why Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things we need will be added unto us. That's why when Jesus prayed, Our Father who, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we move to praying for daily needs and all that stuff. But it's kingdom first. It's that we stay missionally minded, missionally focused. And this is where the temperature has to set, be set by the church because we can give into the flesh, which means we go after our dream, our agenda, our desires, our program. When God wants us, when we're missional, we, God determines how we're going to spend our time. God determines how we're going to invest our finances. God determines how we're going to use our abilities. When we're missionally minded, some of you will, you won't, you, it's not, it's not Sunday to Sunday. It's like, hey, we're worshiping God, praising God. It's all great. Be together with God's people. And some will walk away and not really think another thing about the church or the mission or what we're all about till we come together next Sunday. Some will do that. Others will be thinking about it through the week from Sunday to Sunday. They'll be thinking about, man, praying for pastor. Man, I'm praying for the church. God, show me what I need to do today. Lord, help me today in my workplace. Who do I need to minister to? You're kingdom-minded. You're missional. You're thinking about the things of God. It drives you. You're thinking not just how I can use the money to buy more stuff. You're thinking, Lord, how can I use this in addition to taking care of my family? God, how can I use this to invest in the kingdom of God? And that's one of the things we'll be praying about this week is we'll take faith promises next Sunday. And that has nothing to do with your tithe. Listen, you need to begin with tithing to the Lord, honoring God with your tithe. Somebody has to say amen. amen. Right? How many of you can testify? God's faithful. You, tithe, you cannot give God, right? But flat out. Come on, lift your hand. Amen? I, amazing. I'm telling you. In addition to that, say, God, you say, how can I do it? Look at, look at all the money that just falls through the cracks. Could you a little bit, be a little bit better with your budget maybe? Add, out, add up how much money you're spending on entertainment things. Add up how much money you're spending on food or soda. I tell you what, if we'd ever one of us fast soft drinks, oh my goodness, we'd, we'd blow our missions budget all to peace, man. We'd just, come on, can I hear an amen? I feel the Lord saying, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> But, but I'm saying, there's a, when, what's, what's that saying? That when there's a will, there's a way. 
I just want you to consider. And as God gets a hold of our heart, that's how God has funded his mission from the very beginning. When he made the tabernacle in the Old Testament with Moses, they took one offering. And that one offering was more than enough to make a building that cost millions of dollars per square yard. <laughs> millions of dollars. It's unbelievable. A bunch of people going through wilderness paid for it out of the free giving of their own heart. And we'll be praying about that, what God would want you to do in this upcoming year. We want to be missional. We want to be missional. Why? Because people need saving. Jesus left heaven to come to earth that man had invited sin into and it caused death and destruction, pain, suffering, and war. Jesus came there and he poured himself out to a people that did not recognize him for who he was. They did not honor him. They did not respect him. They hated him. And he went and gave his life on a cross for each one of us. But thank God he didn't stay there. They put him in a tomb but couldn't hold him. And he ascended. He paid the price for our freedom, for eternal life. It's a work that's been done, but so many in the world have no clue that a wonderful salvation that's free is available to them, and we need to tell them about it.